Guys, hello and welcome back to the Do The Work podcast. Today is episode eight and I am back with Nathan Jeffries. We're going to go through part two. In part one, we discussed bodybuilding, the traits that are similar to weight loss and a lot about Nathan's experiences. In this episode, Nathan gets into the detail of what it really takes to get in that shape, the risks and a long-term negative surrounding bodybuilding in terms of physical and mental health, and also how you can set up so that your goals are going to be much more healthy overall, much more longer term, rather than worrying about just standing on stage for a new profile photo. So, guys, this is brilliant. Sit back, relax, enjoy. Just a little warning, guys, before we get started. There's an explicit warning on this podcast and there's a few naughty words being used. Okay, so there's kids in the car. Turn it off. Okay, guys, welcome back. Um, we now have part two of the episode with Nathan or NJ Fit, who's back with us. How are you doing, Nathan? You all right? I'm all right, mate. How are you? Not so bad, thank you. Yeah, not so bad. Um, we're going to get straight into it um, and just follow on, obviously, from the first episode where we talked kind of kind of about the traits of bodybuilders and how there were some similarities into kind of what's required for weight loss. Um, and then in this part here, I kind of want to get into... Um, sort of what sacrifices you have to make to get in that shape, just to give people a bit of an understanding of when they set the goal of, you know, six pack abs or, you know, ripped or massive or whatever it is, actually what it takes to get there and stay there. But then also the comparison to when you're in your peak shape and condition and how that impacts you further on in life, essentially. Um, So we'll get into that if that's all right with you. So the first kind of question would be, um, you know, what does it really take to get into the shape that you're in when you're on stage, whether it's bodybuilding, physique, the profile pictures that you see, the Instagram pictures, what sacrifices have to be made? Well, I think if you look at it from a transformation perspective, it all depends on your starting point. When a lot of guys start and they, they know they want to compete, they'll not be too far out of shape they'll have either done a show before or they've been, you know, committed to the gym and training and some form of nutrition protocol prior to wanting to compete. So for them, they'll look at it slightly differently to what Gen Pop will look at it. So the guys looking in from the outside world thinking, fucking hell, what's, you know, that's a, how do you achieve that? You know, guys that are just seeing it pop up on their Instagram feed the transformation would be a lot different to a guy that's on stage. So yeah, when you, when it comes down to it, it's very, very different, but very similar. It's just, there's a lot more sacrifice when you're doing it from further away. Um, so you'll be looking at, you know, controlled monitored eating for an extensive period of, of the year. I think my first show I did 26, 26, 26 weeks of dieting because I bulked all the way up. I'd, I'd, at the time, I was just thinking, right, I want to get as big as I can, as quick as I can. I took some poor advice. Um, this was way back when, what I would have been. Maybe I'd have been about 20, so 10 years ago. Went to the wrong person for some advice, basically, who thought I'd be in his category. Um, at that point, I didn't know too much about nutrition. Um, I knew I knew enough, um, but 
I went to a guy that I looked up to in the gym and he went, yeah, do this. I went straight up to 17 stone and it took me 26 weeks to, to, to lose all the weight to come into to, to the show. So yeah. you think about 26 weeks of dieting and dieting hard, training hard, cardio, there's a lot that goes amiss. That's half a year, isn't it? It's over yeah, half that, a year. That's the bit to get across, I think, isn't it? It's actually the intensity of those training sessions and the intensity of the diet. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not just kind of like shaving a couple of hundred calories off and training three times a week, is it? And that's kind of the point I wanted to sort of get across. Or for you no, say. no. It's um, as soon as you commit to a show. I mean, for me, when I did it the, the first time, I told everybody so that I knew I couldn't back out. So for me, once, once that had happened, you're, you're, you're obliged and that's it. You, you've got skin in the game and you've got to go. Um, it, 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 it took a long while to come in and I ended up being, um, I probably dieted away a lot of the size that I put on um, just through dieting extensively for, for that prolonged period. Um, and ended up being a little bit lighter than I, than I, than I would have wanted to be. But yeah. again, that's the learning curve with regard to the sacrifice side. You aren't going out for meals. You're not having a beer with mates of a weekend. You may be getting a cheap meal of a weekend. If you're going down that route and you're going super strict, um, throughout the week, you're, doing extra cardio you may be doing starting out by doing just 20 minutes fasted in the morning and then doing maybe 10 minutes post-workout but then that'll ramp up and you'll be doing up to you know an hour's fasted cardio in the morning depending on how where you are condition wise and and how low your diet's coming down you'll then be doing post-workout cardio or evening cardio your training session you've got to prep your meals unless you've got um somebody prepping them for you you've got to sleep because you've got to recover your training sessions are, are are intensifying and everything just ramps up and and the anxiety around it is have a lost two pound this week yeah and have you done enough you're doing all that and you yeah, think have you done enough have you done enough and people looking in from the outside and think what are you doing i always remember one of the guys one of the, one of the bodybuilders in the gym you know i'm really good friends with um said you look, you look really uh, gaunt and ill this week. That's when you know it's working, you know. <laughs> and that's that's how people measure it. And that's a couple of weeks out from a show, and it's like you're you're look going on stage in bodybuilding to look ill in the face. Yeah, you see the photos, like your face is like that. Yeah, like, and yeah. I'll send you some. So the podcast can't see that, but your face is thin as anything. Um, yeah, yeah. I think great point, and actually, you're not in a healthy position when you're. Step no. stage and obviously you put yourself through a lot of pain i think you've picked up on some great points there that people just probably don't realize the effort that you put in and i think yeah. what you know what's positively what should be more positive to share is actually getting to maybe for someone who's 20 25 30 percent body fat down to like 15 is a really good achievement and actually the step from getting to 15 even just under 10 is huge changes in your lifestyle no beers it is it is out all that stuff and that's kind of i'm glad you raised those points because that's what i wanted to get out of today it becomes almost like disordered eating because you are although you have an end goal and it's for sport 
it's it's still that still lingers with you afterwards because you're thinking right well i've been in that incredible shape i don't want to go too far the other way so i'm gonna i'm gonna all right i'll bring back the diet i'll, I'll stick to the diet now i know that works a couple of weeks of that lose a couple of pounds right okay I'll, I'll loosen off bring it back in loosen off bring it back in whereas if if you have a more balanced lifestyle looking at calorie deficit you've got um an easier uh, an easier approach and an easier lifestyle to, to, to go through to still be able to achieve those results yeah. and one thing that i'd always say is shorter periods of calorie deficit followed by you know three to four weeks of maintenance let your body adjust recover adapt eating at your tde and then another shorter stint of calorie deficit come down a couple of pounds and then another maintenance and that's going to make sure that it's sustainable and you're not in a calorie deficit too much you're not doing too much metabolic damage yeah for general population they don't need to do 16 18 20 weeks of hard dieting yeah four four weeks you'll you know is enough yeah. most people lose more than two pounds a week on average for four weeks and then quick, maintenance, maintenance. little listeners just give us a quick rundown of what you mean by metabolic damage if you can so naturally metabolic damage when you're dieting for an extensive period you are eating under your your, your tde and a lot in a lot of cases guys bodybuilding will start eating under the bmr because they're so heavy which will start to slow down that basal metabolic rate because your body is then thinking i'm not getting enough to sustain just what we'd call in the industry like coma calories isn't it your bmr is what you burn at total rest yeah um let alone your total daily energy expenditure from all your activity so it promotes a lot of um yeah slow down digestion issues um intolerances as well um a lot of bodybuilders end up um, with, with some intolerances um like bloating and, and stuff like that with certain foods um which i experienced in the past um so and that's just from taking those things out of your diet and then bringing them back yeah, yeah. cutting them clean out and after my first show i tried to, to maintain keeping pasta in uh wholemeal pasta uh brown rice bread went totally um no, tell a lie. I kept genius bread in, um, and they were pretty much an oats, and they were pretty much the four sauces. Didn't really eat potatoes unless it was sweet potatoes, and then when I start or like anything else that went with it, didn't have like certain veggies like onions and stuff like that, which can have can be uh, irritable for your bowel anyway. But when I started bringing things back in, I was like, what's this? Or I'd have a cheat meal of a weekend. Um, and I'd just go, I'd feel so bloated and horrible. Yeah. Milk goes, one of the first things that goes out the window, you, you don't eat, you don't have any milk. Definitely not having a beer. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, when you start just, having those things. Those digestive enzymes just haven't been working. And so when you put it yeah. back in, it's no, it's probably like, you know, when you've, if you imagine when you're a kid and you, you're off school for six weeks in the summer and you go back and you can't write, you know what I mean? You, your body yeah. doesn't have to process that. Uh, That's a great food, yeah. I guess. So yeah, definitely, <laughs> um, like I was going back to work. <laughs> exactly that, yeah. So yeah, uh, not knowing what to do. 
Um, I think you've caused some good bits there, so thank you. And it leads us on, because you kind of touched on this a little bit. Um, how does getting that lean kind of, what are the after effects of that? So in terms of kind of like physical and mental well-being, what are the after effects of getting that low body fat, looking I mean, like that? What comes after? We'll, we'll start physically. If you, like, I know a lot of guys um, that still compete that, that struggle with this. Water retention post post show because you've been that lean. There's guys that'll that'll swell up. The legs will swell up. Um, have massive edema um, just through bringing some of those foods back in too quickly, and they'll go so so puffy. They'll need to take. Uh, I've seen lads have to go to the doctors because the skin's stretching that much in uh, in around their ankles and feet. Can't put the shoes on. <laughs> uh, can't get a sock on. So it's uh, it's crazy. It's not. It's definitely not healthy. Um, physically, again, you've you've put your body under so much stress for for so long. Like we like we mentioned about the the metabolic damage, but the physical damage. My last show. I was training hard for 18 weeks and I'd been training hard all the way through the year. And by the end, by the end of the year, I was, I was destroyed, you know, didn't really give myself, I did two, two shows in a year, two full diets and, and a rebound in the middle. Um, and it, my body was just, just ruined. Um, it definitely wasn't healthy. Um, I suppose the oh sheer God. effort just to get enough volume in your workouts means you've you've overtrained massively in that period as well. Yeah, yeah, you go from you know overreaching to overtraining real quick when you know training's going up and nutrition's coming down. It's it, it it's it's difficult. Um, at the time, I wasn't getting uh, enough rest either because I was I was um, working during the day as a PT and I was working. Um, on the doors of, of a night, so I was like sleeping where I could um, throughout the day in between clients, trying to get enough rest. Um, so yeah, it's 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 very very difficult with regards to people think a lot of guys will look at oh diets coming down, your weights will start coming down with, with your training, your what you the weights that you're lifting might do, but your total volume actually increases because you're doing more sets, you're doing more drop sets, you're trying to pump more blood in uh, for additional hyperplasia, you're trying to uh, get as much out and um, out of the calories that, you, that you're eating. It, it's ridiculous. Your total volume tends to go up. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's tough on the body and... You know, there's guys that do shows back to back to back, weekend to weekend to weekend, which thankfully I never did, to be honest. Um, yeah. I always did aim for one, that'll be it, come out of it. Um, and I'd, I'd, I'd never do it, I'd never do it again, to be honest. Um, <laughs> so I think you would fairly extensively there that it takes, you know, a physical toll and the after effects are fairly substantial as well. So what would be kind of like the... The, the mental after effects, if you will, so the effects on your mental health afterwards. Well, unless you are the Pope, you aren't reverse dieting. Most guys won't reverse diet unless they're going to see this as a career. So once you've been on stage, once the show's done, 
most people are going for for a meal that evening they're probably then going to go the missus has bought them a, a truckload of food because they've not been able to to eat yeah they've they're going to go out for breakfast the next morning they're going to have a nice lunch and they're going to have a nice tea by that point they're holding that much water abs are almost non-existent the condition that they were in two and a half days ago gone um your, your body doesn't know what it's doing and you look in the mirror and you think what the hell's just happened it's been 72 hours and i look nothing like and that can play a a, a large um that can make you feel really really bad to be honest and my first show it, it did with me because i didn't understand that's what what could happen because i literally i'd had the handbrake on going into the show and i just went oof dropped it and and put the foot on the accelerator as well straight into the food you know such a long diet and within a week i didn't have abs i was gone and then you think oh my god i've just gone through all that and come out the other side within a week i look i still look good of course i look good i still have the outline of abs and stuff like that but you just think i've got to go through all that again yeah I and think that is and that's where if because when with bodybuilding it's either not a lot of people see just maintenance, healthy lifestyle. It's bulking or cutting. And that up and down yo-yo style of dieting, when you start to get up and you look up at the higher body fat percentages, trying to put on more size or great, your weights are going up in the gym, you're getting stronger, you look bigger. But you still look back at the show pictures and you think, oh, God, I've got all that to do again. Yeah. And it's it is a mental drain, and it's more of a, I think I always think dieting is more of a mental battle than um, than anything else because for me, I never found it the easiest losing body fat. I've always found it really easy to put size on, um, really easy to do extensive amounts of cardio, physically, um, endurance based stuff, and lift everything that's it you know yeah the fat loss side was always going to be a challenge for me and then that week after that first show i was like what the i should have reverse dieted and then and then you immediately come back to the try and come back to the diet because you're like oh i need to get some sort of shape back yeah, it's been a week. and i think that's the point yeah. you're always comparing to that sort of Peak always shape for those that are listening that don't know what a reverse diet is it's basically when you come out of a dieting period where you gradually increase calories back up rather than ramping them back up to you know maintenance or above if you're going for that um so it's yeah. just a gradual increase increase um so yeah if you weren't sure what that is that's that i think you've depicted it pretty well there so does that stay with you my next question is kind of very similar but you know that thought of comparison to that peak condition does that always stay with you? Do you always compare? Yeah, of course. I mean, you might diet for, for going on, on holiday with the missus. You know, you might think, well, oh, I'll lose a couple of pounds here or there. As soon as you start dieting, you think, you know, a couple of pounds come off here, a couple of pounds come off here. Other things start tightening up. You know, you'll. It, I'm always sort of, well, you, you know me, I've always got meals prepped anyway. Yeah. Um, because it work, you never know when you're gonna gonna be able to go out and get a meal, or you know how long you're gonna be there. You know yeah. you might 
you, you might need a couple of meals in the bag like we covered um in the first part of the part of the show but yeah of course it sticks with you it sticks with me i don't think there's any bodybuilder on the planet that doesn't look back at stage photos and goes oh god one more roll of the dice go on yeah i want to be that lean again but everyone does yeah. that everyone's you know you speak to yeah. like middle-aged women and what they'll always say is oh when i was 20 i was a size 10 and everyone always compares to their peak shape and peak condition but what they don't compare is the lifestyle that you've got to live to to be like that yeah so yeah, yeah. that's important it's it's kind of it's finding the balance between being in decent shape that's acceptable because you probably can't maintain as you said for three days or less those abs do you know what i mean abs are hard no, to i mean harder to keep a lot of a lot of that physique sort of you develop a lot of the that peak physique in the final week um so that week before the run-up your water loading you know your glycogen depleting for the first part of the week um then you'll start to carb up then you'll look at sodium intake you know vitamin c loading all sorts of different stuff to try and manipulate water levels to reveal more um, more muscle fiber and more feathering throughout like your quads, shoulders, more grainy physique. It's and and that that week, guys can be up to drinking, you know, six to eight, ten liters of water a day, you know, yeah, and they're putting a lot of minerals into the body to try and get the body to strip the water whilst driving carbs down and then back up so you've gone through a steady diet phase all the way through then that final week you can either make or break a show um and you can go totally the wrong way you can what, we, what you'd call spill take too many carbs in whilst taking the water in and you'd spill and you'd look watery over the muscle um and it's very very difficult to get that back once that happens um that's why you end up with a, a lot of guys will do a gradual carb up. So I always taper water down and, and then ramp carbs up so that you, um, you, you get, you kind of, you can kind of gauge how much um, water and how much carbs people need. Um, it's to draw that water. You know, it's, it's a, it's a sweet, it's a science, isn't it? Like there's, there's it something is, yeah. that goes yeah. on. And I think this might give people listening some kind of level of understanding of, hopefully what it takes to get into that level of condition. And my next question for you is kind of what advice or what would you say to someone who says, you know, who's in the general population, I want to look like that. How would you manage their expectations and where would you, you know, more realistically, realistically set the, the level that they can get to, if that makes sense? I think they need to be, open and honest with themselves and take a look in the mirror and take some pictures and compare them next to some just average looking guys, you know, that, are, that maybe have got abs, you know, some of the, some general models that are a bit, a bit bigger. Um, same with women, just look at people that are, you know, maybe idolized, but aren't competitive and, and just say, where do I stand? Where do I fit? Because, if you go from, okay, I want to do a show, and then you're nowhere near show, 
you know, show ready, there's got to be a middle ground. And that that middle target is a lot easier to hit than than um, being stage ready. And I think, you know what, how often are you training? You know, what does your nutrition look like? Are you, you know, 100% committed? Because I've had guys come to me in the past and they've said, oh, well, you know, I've got a couple of parties. Um, you know, one's going to be like three weeks out from the show and then one's going to be like six weeks out. That'll be all right, won't it? Was, if you want to do well, no, not really. Guys are sacrificing a hell of a lot more than a couple of parties and being able to drink yeah. to go and win this show. It's everything, isn't um, it? Yeah. To get that to that level. Um, so I think you made a great point there. It's kind of looking at a photo and saying, well, look, I have to be honest, and that is a million miles away from where I am now, but can I get... Where is that middle ground? ground? Or, you know, even a little bit further than that. And is that going to make me happier? Yes. Is that going to make me healthier? Yes. And is it going to make me healthier than actually the people who are extremely lean? And the answer is yes, yes again, isn't it? Yeah. I'd always, I'd, I'd, I think always looking at that middle ground picture, I don't like compar- comparing physiques, to be honest. But when somebody's that fixated on doing a show, I'd say, right, is the show the end goal? Or do, have you always wanted to compete? Is competing a non-negotiable? Or is it just being in great shape with abs and, you know, big developed shoulders, arms? Is that what you want? Because the, the, the two worlds apart, and I think in my consults, especially for guys that want to show prep, that's what you have to explain. Is it being big and lean or is it competing and doing a show? Do you want a trophy? Do you want to go on to try and win the Britons? Do you want to go to your, the Europeans? Do you, you know, is that something that you want to do? Because if it's not, it's a totally different approach and we'll do it a hell of a lot healthier yeah. because bodybuilding is not in the long run healthy. Um, it can be, it can be done quite healthy, but as soon as you start getting down to that lower body fat percentage you have to be to win and the sacrifices, I don't think from a physical and a, and a, a mental aspect, it's that healthy. It's definitely not as healthy as it used to be back in the day. Like you look at Arnie and, and stuff like that and they're not as lean or as big as they are now. Um, so the goalposts change quite a lot. Uh, and I tend to always prefer the older looking physiques and that's why I got into in, in, into bodybuilding to be honest. Yeah, great points, brilliant. Um, I had a point there, but it's just sort of slipped away from me. So if it comes back, I'll ask it. Um, but I think we've covered really well there, kind of the traits of bodybuilding episode, the first part, if you will. Um, and then we've given people a really good understanding there of kind of what it takes and some of the science behind it as well, which is good. Yeah. Intensity required for training, nutrition, all that stuff. And I think the real point that we've nailed and probably, well, you nailed is the fact that actually settling for slightly less than what you might see on Facebook and Instagram is better in terms of, you know, overall health and more realistic. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard when you're covered on social media with those things to settle for that. But actually, when you think about all the other stuff you have to sacrifice, you're definitely going to be happier being, you know, probably in better condition than you are now, but 
not being at the level where you have to give everything away and you're always comparing to that peak uh, condition, if you will. So, yeah, some great points. And I think we've got across what we wanted to say there. So thank you. The next yeah. bit um, is kind of the last bit, mate. So um, in each episode, I try and bust some myths. Um, if we have a guest, I hand it over to you to choose a myth to bust. So over to you, mate. Um, I think a lot of guys uh, will... will we're bodybuilding, a lot of coaches will say, right, have a cheat meal, right? And a lot of prep coaches will say, it's going to boost your metabolism, blah, 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 blah. That's bull. That's total myth. There's no, there's no way that you can boost metabolism. You'll have, you know, a short-term rise in leptin levels. Um, and then as soon as you come back, to, back down to um, the calorie deficit that you were on, I was going to deplete. Um, there was a, there was an actual study in 2006 at the Mayo Clinic um, held over seven days, um, which I think the guys were on a thousand calorie surplus for seven days. It was a controlled um, controlled group study, and over those seven days of a, an additional thousand calories a day, so that's a whole week, a whole seven thousand calories extra the biggest spike or the average spike, I can't remember quite, quite which it was, was 18 calories in basal metabolic rate. So that, you know, 3,000 calories that most guys are troughing in because they're having cookies and, you know, milkshake and, oh, I'm going to have a pizza. And it, it's not for, yeah, it's not going to boost your metabolism. Yeah, It might clear you out, but that's not increasing your metabolic burn, um, all that's going to do is help out clearing your digestive tract, colon, and you'll feel fresher and you think, oh, my metabolism's boost, but that's just because you've got, you've got an excess of glycogen in the bloodstream. Mentally, you're happy because you've just been able to eat whatever you wanted for one meal or a set period of time or... Um, and then you go into the next day and you absolutely smash either a full body or a leg workout, um, which is normally what happens. Um, trying to push those carbs around, uh, as coaches would say. But yeah, the cheat meal does not boost metabolism. It's yeah. more of a mental, a mental game. Uh, like things that I see at the minute on like Instagram, it's a typical story post or whatever, and it's like, oh, put lemon in your water to boost your metabolism in the morning, or you know. Kind of, even to the point of, you know, certain types of foods and stuff like that. And it's like, that's not your biggest problem. Your biggest problem is yeah. not, not boosting your metabolism. Um, yeah. Skinny tea is doing nothing for you. <laughs> you have on, on that is minimal day to day. Um, and it's obviously more about just, as we've talked about, controlling calorie intake. Um, you know, and as you'll know, it's bulking, so to speak, isn't just get as many calories in, is it? It's a case. No, no. You and it's gradual, and it's 5% here, 10% there. It's not, you know, Ben and Jerry's ice cream, let's go for it. God, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Those refeeds also, and cheap when you call them cheat meals, they, they are also, you know, structured. It's not a case of, oh, I have one day a week, anything I want. It's normally, yeah, no. I'm coming back up to maintenance, or I'm, you know, I'm going slightly over, but I'm still in a, a deficit. Um, and again, With my guys are always very calculated because 
yeah. obviously you can't go too far the other way. You, you might have a time window or you may have a calorie target that you, that you can eat with, um, but never a whole day because I know what I can, what damage I can do in a whole day. Um, and it's not pretty, <laughs> but it's not going to get you any closer to where you need to be either. Um, when you're looking for, for a show prep. There's that much, the problem obviously for the consumers and people listening, there's that much misinformation, too much information out there. And when you see, you know, some PTs do it, they'll be like, put lemon in your water, that's going to solve all your problems. It's like, it's fucking not, mate. Like, it really isn't. No. Um, <laughs> you know, so the picture's much bigger than that. So hopefully this is giving... I make it a bit easier to drink the water, like, because it tastes of something, but yeah. yeah, it's not, it's doing now. <laughs> it's not going to like, you know... It's not a fat burner or like a, you know, you're not going to start burning twice the amount of fat or something. Um, but yeah, I think there's that much sort of information out there and people consume it all and then kind of don't know what to rock with. And sometimes it's just going back to the, the basics, which was another point of this episode is actually it's the basics that matter. Yeah, there's science involved in the last week, but, you know, up until that, you need to train real hard um, and you need to yeah. your food intake and not worry about metabolism. No, it's all about energy balance. You know, all about energy balance up until that final week. And then the final week, if if you're in good enough condition, is where you can make drastic image changes from say you did seven days out to a day out. You can you can make drastic changes, but that's all down to water manipulation, you know, and and and, and carb loading. But yeah, everything before that is the exact same, you know, principle. It's energy balance. It's calorie deficit. Yeah. And to clarify that, obviously, calorie calculators are really good to a point, but um, it's it's good to remember that they're a starting point, and actually, you need to use your progress trackers to realize whether those calories are working. So, you know, people come up to you and say, "Oh, you know, I've been on my calories that my fitness pal says for three months, and nothing's happened." And it's like, well why didn't you change that after a month? Why have you gone for yeah. three months doing that? You know, and it's, you're not in a deficit. You've either, you know, wrongly put your activity levels in or you're shit at tracking and, or you're lying to yourself and you're not tracking. Well, yeah, of course. You'd be surprised at how many people cook with like olive oil, but don't add that in. That's nine calories per, per gram. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, do you measure it? No, no, I just put loads on. It's fine. It just cooks in it, doesn't it? It's not, it's nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it is. <laughs> You're yeah. eating another 300 calories in, in oil a day. The milk in your cereal, the sugar you put in your brews, like so much stuff. Um, and then it's the biscuit when no one's looking and all that kind of stuff. So I think you've got to be honest with yourself in those situations, aren't you? But yeah, a good point from that is it's manipulatable it's a variable it's not a constant and that my fitness pal number yeah of course and like you said with the cal with the calorie calorie calculators the to give you an idea of where you should start but that starting point isn't going to get you to where you need to be there's always going to be manipulation and it might even be up you know you might be losing weight too much you, you know, you may have a faster metabolism than the average average person. You may have a slower metabolism and you're actually eating under. Yeah. Uh, sorry, you're eating too many calories or you're eating too few. 
you've got to manipulate and, and that's where a good coach will come in and say, actually, or a good PT, we actually need to make you eat more or, okay, that initial estimate, because that's what it is, it's an estimate, Yeah, isn't, isn't where we need to be. We need to take a little bit more out. Yeah. And it's managing that adaptation part as well, where when you sit on the same amount of calories for a while and things slow down, like, you know, you do have to think, right, maybe I need to change something and not go on for another three months and go, oh, it's not working, you know. So, um, yeah, cool. All right. I think we've covered some really good stuff there. So thank you very much yeah, for coming on, all the detail and your time, et cetera. Um, right, anytime. Important bit now um, is kind of, you know, what do you do coaching-wise? Where can people find you? And obviously, if they want to work with you, what do they need to do? Um, I mean, Coaching wise, I cover everything sort of from gen pop through to bodybuilding plus sports specific strength and conditioning. Um, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at NJFitUK. Uh, if you go through the link in my bio, there'll be an inquiry or you can DM a page transform uh, and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. But yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I work with pretty much a broad range and I specify in specific areas. So mainly looking at fat loss perfect thank you very much okay guys if you've got any feedback about this episode you can obviously send that directly to myself or speak with nathan um and if there's any sort of you know if you've liked the way nathan's presented and there's any other topics that you'd like to know more about or anything we've talked about that you know you'd like more detail on I'd be more than happy and i'm sure nathan would to kind of come back on and yeah, get of course yeah get into detail on certain topics um and again you can contact either of us with that um, but in the meantime, thank you very much for tuning in. See you later. Peace out. Ciao, guys. Guys, wow. What a two-part episode that was. A big thank you to Nathan for dedicating the time over the two-part study episode. We got into so much detail about bodybuilding, weight loss, what you should expect, but what sacrifices people make to get in the shape that they do. And that obviously, as we know now, compromises mental health, physical health, and that's in the long term as well. So... The next time you think and set up your goals, have a little bit of a think about what you really want, how much you're prepared to give up and sacrifice, and what's realistic for you. So guys, hopefully that's helped. If you need a little bit more help and support on that matter, you can contact Nathan where his information is in the show notes, or you can contact myself via the email that's in there as well. I'd love to have Nathan back, so as mentioned in the podcast, if you've got anything at all that you want Nathan to go into more detail with, or any further struggles in that area, I'd be more than happy to get Nathan back, and he's happy to do the same. So guys, thank you for now. Take care. Peace out.